This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where we interview real principals who are doing amazing things to help our students every single day. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter, at Jethro Jones. Good. So why don't you start by uh, telling us who you are and uh, how you got to where you are. You know, you don't have to give a your whole life history, but just a sure. short description of your career so far. Well, uh, I'm Tom Whitford. I'm the lead learner of a K through, well, actually, I should say I'm a lead learner of three buildings right now here in the Toma School District. Um, I have a K-5 building. Yeah, I have a K-5 building in town, and then uh, a K-2 building and a 3-5 building. Uh, one's seven miles down the road, and the other one's about 14 miles down the road. Um, so. Three buildings definitely keeps me on my toes. That's uh, that's a first having multiple buildings for me like that. Um, I got into education. Oh boy, can you remember how many years ago now? About 16 years ago. Um, started off as a physical education teacher. Actually, I started off as a health teacher and moved into a physical education position the next year. And I did that for about seven years. Uh, when I had the opportunity, or I should say, I I met a mentor uh, that convinced me that I should think about administration. Um, Funny enough, at the same time, my high school principal called me up and said that they had a cohort opening at a, a university in Wisconsin, and uh, they'd like me to be part of that first group if I was interested in administration. So I was like, well, stars are aligning. It must be uh, time to give it a shot, because um, I really hadn't considered it. But after going through just a few classes with the cohort group, I could tell it was something that I was really interested in, the leadership piece, being able to affect a greater change uh, than I could just in my uh, classroom, even though I, as PE teacher, I got to work with every kid in school, mm -hmm. um, was being able to work with kids at a different level and, and the opportunity to work with adults. Uh, so uh, I decided it was something that I would give a try. And uh, I did uh, one year as an assistant to the principal kind of position uh, where you get to be a PE teacher for three classes and the rest of the day you're dealing with discipline and all the other fun things you learn as an assistant principal. Um, and then from the opportunity there, I had to move. Uh, it was called an assistant, assistant principal's position, but I was actually the only administrator in the building. I think it was a way for the district to save some money. Um, but uh, it was a great experience I had there. I had a K-2 building in Northeast Illinois for a while in the Winter Harbor School District. And... Uh, and after doing that for four years, I said, okay, it's time to try to put on the principal's hat. And uh, I had the opportunity to move back to Wisconsin near my hometown and uh, worked in a great district there for four years. 
and uh, and then I wanted the opportunity to try a bigger building um, to take on a little bit more. It was a great small school that I had um, in the Dodgeville School District, and um, we ended up winning the Blue Ribbon Award for having uh, improved test scores for four years in a row, and uh, that was a great experience. I had a great little staff there. Our big focus there was really on professional learning communities and uh, greatly enjoyed working with them and building our RTI program and PBIS program there. But again, after four years, I was like, I was just looking for a bigger building and a bigger challenge, and it wasn't going to happen in that district. The principal that was there before me had been in the district for quite a while, and she was pretty secure to stay in her position. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to hunt. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but I've had a great opportunity since then, and I'm, I'm really loving the district I'm with right now up in Toma. That's great. Um, so there are a couple of things I want to pull out of what you talked about. Tell me about your mentor that told you to um, to apply. Who who was that mentor, and and why did you feel like what they were saying was was the right thing to do? Um, my mentor was Colleen Package. She was the elementary principal that had just come into the Gurney School District when I was down in Illinois, and she asked me if I wanted to be on the school improvement planning team. And I said, sure. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to do in that role, really, as the PE teacher to help out with that. Um, but it ended up being some great opportunities. I created some culture surveys uh, for students and for staff and really got to start to look at student data and analyze that and say, okay, from there, how can we create a school improvement plan to move us along and make us better? Um, so that was a really interesting process. And after going through that, um, she just said, you know, you seem like you're on top of all this stuff. I would encourage you to think about administration. And uh, and she was a great leader. I really respected her. She brought professional book reads in uh, to the staff. So we started to read a common book together as a staff. We did a lot of uh, article studies where we'd read uh, two or three articles about a related subject and then have conversations as a staff. And uh, I really started to see the, the, the benefits of what we could do with uh, professional development. Um, I think things have evolved a little bit since then, too, but um, I really opened my eyes to that because before that, our professional development was really kind of uh, the district was focused on reading. So we all talked about reading scores, what's a new reading program we could do. And as a PE teacher, I was just like, where does this relate to me at all? And this new mentor came in and she said, no, specials folks will go over and focus on what they need to focus on. Reading teachers will go focus on this. Uh, so. She really started to move towards a personalized professional development a little bit more, and it was great. Um, but there were some things that were cultural that we did as a whole too. Um, so she really kind of pushed me towards it, and then I, like I said, uh, the opportunity opened up for that cohort with my high school principal and a couple other superintendents from my hometown area that I knew, and I was like, I respect all of them to learn that job from them. So it just seemed like the timing was. Um, so what I what I like about that is you're starting to talk about the next question that I want to ask you, which is about um, professional learning communities. Describe what your your ideal professional learning <coughs> excuse me what your ideal professional learning community looks like, and how you would teach a, a another principal to implement that professional learning community. Um. You know, the biggest thing, I learned all my PLC work from, from DuFour's work um, in the Solution Tree group. 
And uh, I've really tried to model what I do after them. I, I had the opportunity when I came to Dodgeville uh, in Wisconsin here, um, they were just starting to move towards a professional learning community uh, belief system and things like that as well. And so I also happened to have, have some connections from Adelaide Stevenson High School down there in Illinois where DeVore started his work. Right, yeah. And so I set up opportunities for us to do some site visits down there. Uh, we actually took three groups down the whole district the whole district did a uh, a book study of the whatever it takes book and their first book on plcs and uh it was just a great opportunity everybody was on board with the ideas and i don't know how you don't have to read the book i don't know how you don't say yes this right. is like a good thing <laughs> um so uh, after doing those site visits and having some great conversations the monthly study work and stuff like that it, it really became an idea that we decided we need to move the culture of our building that way and that was that was probably one of the most exciting pieces was is that uh, it wasn't just a program or something like that you followed or that you purchased and you said okay here's step one step two um it, it was a philosophy change and so we had to have lots of conversations and uh and bring together the, not only just the leadership team that i started to put together too but the whole staff together as well and say how do we move forward from here how are we going to do things so that we become more about learning than just teaching or that we become more about um, student learning than just uh, test scores or here's the programs that we have now how do we do those um, so it really promoted some excellent conversations i was also fortunate to have a staff that was um, hungry to move forward and, and do some improving and uh, and try some new things so uh, we did some fantastic work there it was great Great four years of incredible conversations and uh, really examining what we do. And I was so impressed by the staff because they were, uh, when we had disagreements or arguments, it wasn't personal. It was like really focused in on playing the devil's advocate of, okay, if we change this, what's going to be some of the fallout? What are some things like that? And no one really personalized it. We all looked at it really professionally. So it was incredible. That, that is awesome. Um, how do you have that conversation where you start getting people to um, to want to get in a book study and talk about what they're learning? What kinds of things do you do to set that up so that it can be successful with the teachers you have? Well, one of the most powerful things that I learned from DeFore and Eaker and the whole group of uh, Solution Tree PLC folks there was that the power of change really comes from stories. Um, data can help you drive a lot of decisions and makes things easier to see, but it doesn't usually motivate people. But stories, stories motivate people. And uh, when you learn to, to share a powerful story, people see what a difference it can make. And, and so that becomes a huge piece there is learning how to share some of those stories and share some of the stories that we have right there in our own building. Yes, stories from other places are great too, but when you can personalize those stories so that they can see how it's made a difference to a kid right here, mm -hmm. that can really change some people's minds there. Um, so I, that's a huge piece to being able to do that, is to share some of those stories that we have going on right here in our own buildings. Um, create some opportunities, just some opportunities for conversation. That's pretty powerful for the folks too, especially if they've been kind of in behind closed doors or living in their little silos for a while. Um, being able to have some conversations with a wider group and just and as a leader, being able to just sit and listen and let the stories come out can be really powerful for staff because some of them have never had that opportunity before. Uh, some leaders kind of squelch that thing and, and they want to be the only voice. 
and uh, it's really powerful to let the, the voices come from them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of your tips for helping um, administrators start to share those stories with teachers so that they can feel, well, how can administrators tell stories? And then I have a follow-up question to that also. Um, you know, state your question one more time because I want to make sure I have it right in my head. No problem. What I want to know is, is how can an administrator who's listening um, yeah. start to tell the stories to get his teachers or her teachers to want to change and do new things? What well, are some like tips I said, for good storytelling? Well, the best tips for good storytelling are making them true stories, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and try to use the stories that are closest to you. So again, you know, by providing opportunities, and that's the biggest thing is finding time to have this storytelling time. Um, you know, don't have your staff meetings where you're sitting there running through the list of, uh, of all, all the housekeeping things that you have to do. Provide time for real conversation. Um, and sometimes an easy way to start that conversation is by bringing data into it. Obviously, it helps focus the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but if there's also new initiatives and things like that that are taking place, that's a time for conversation. Um, mm -hmm. To me, if we're doing something, even if the decision has been made by someone beyond us, uh, that this is what we're going to do for a new initiative. There is no reason that we shouldn't come together and beat that up a little bit. Uh, there is no reason that you shouldn't take an idea and say, okay, what are the pros and cons? What things are we going to need to do to make this work? And what are some of the things that we may do that will be stumbling blocks for us? And how can we avoid those maybe? Because if we just decide to muddle through pro or con, like it or not, um, all that stuff gets left behind closed doors and people start to do everything their own way instead of having some group think together and say, okay, what are some pros and cons? How can we approach this? What's the best practice? Um, and, and work some of that out ahead of time. Yeah. And then obviously we need to meet up again after we've done it for a bit and say, how's it going? Because again, there's, there's good practices by some, bad practices by some, and we need to be able to examine that and say, okay, what's working, what's not working, what can we change? Um, I think when you start to get and talk and show uh, folks about the continuous improvement model, it starts to get in there. Nobody wants to be worse or to stay in a rut that they're in either. But sometimes it gets hard to identify that you're in that rut or that you're not being that successful. And so the opportunity to come together and examine practices and data and have some conversations is what starts to open the door and go, oh, I never thought about doing it like that, things like that too. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. I that the finding time thing is always a, a difficult thing in, in education. You want to, you know, give teachers opportunities to plan and respect their yep. contract time. Um, but, you know, carving time out to make sure that you're talking about things that is so important. And, you know, I'm reiterating that because you're actually doing that. It sounds like, and that is something that, that, that we should all be doing to make sure that our teachers are getting the best opportunities they can. Well, this year we've been mostly trying to do it through um, our, our staff faculty meeting times. Um, but we want to try to find a way to up that time and improve some of that conversation because a lot of our faculty meeting time is um, locked into conversations that we have to have, like district initiatives and things like that. Um, but we want to try to find a way to move that time, increase that time. And I've gotten some great ideas from leaders like uh, Jay Posick, uh, Joe Sanfilippo. Uh, they've created um, uh, Matt Renwick up too, up there in uh, Wisconsin Rapids too, 
they've created times like once a week they'll have, uh, I think Matt Renwick calls it Jumpstart Fridays. And on Jumpstart, some of the aides and the support staff folks and things like that will come down and work with kids so the teachers can have 30 minutes, 45 minutes to go and do some of that collab time. I think they do theirs on Friday mornings or something like that, so they call it Jumpstart Fridays. Um, we do a, a rotation schedule, so a set day isn't going to work for us, but it might be A day or B day that we decide to do it and, um, and, and have that time set aside so that, that 30 minutes each week, teachers have a chance to get, to get, to get together and maybe they do their book chat then, or, or maybe that's when they're going to do their grade level data analysis time so that the other times that they have to meet during the day can be for other things. Um, but I think it's important that we try to find that time and carve that time out that is theirs to work and grow. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. Um, how, do, how do you get teachers to feel comfortable um, sharing their stories with you and with their, their fellow teachers? I know um, for teachers it's difficult to sometimes think that if I tell what I'm doing that I'm putting myself out there and bragging too much or if I say that I'm doing this, then I'm putting another teacher down. How do you get them comfortable to share what they're doing that's successful? Well, one of the things that I try to do when I first come into a building or a district is uh, get a get a good read on, on the building's culture as far as trust, because I think creating a culture of trust is a huge thing. Um, and one of the things, and I, I mean, I, I think I sensed that all along, but when I read um, Covey's book, the speed of trust, it really brought it home for me of how important that is and how effective that can be in changing uh, the, the speed at which your culture can move. Um, because you think it's something that takes years and time and, and all this thing that it really takes, and it takes a lot of soft skill time instead of focusing on some of the hard skills. Well, I think trust is a hard skill. I, I think it's a critical, important skill. And until you have that culture in your building, a lot of those conversations will take place. Um, and I think it even affects kids. So that, that's one of the things I try to find out right away. If we have that or if we're working towards that already and they have a pretty good sense of it, I think the big thing then is for them to show that I'm a, I'm a trust guy too. Um, that's important to me, the relationship piece, but also that, uh, hey, I make mistakes and we don't get better unless we can talk about the mistakes we make. And for me to be able to admit the mistakes I make and things like that is huge for them because it lets them know that we're all human and uh, we all make mistakes and actually mistakes are where we learn. So yeah. don't be afraid of them. Let's, let's hash them out and figure out what we can do to move forward from our mistakes. Yeah. And your last blog post called learning with your mistakes on March 30th, <clears throat> I thought was just awesome because you really exemplified that. I'm glad you thought it was awesome. It was hard <laughs> for me to swallow, but <laughs> I believe it. I mean, that was that, and that is a perfect example of um, uh, of somebody doing something that they think is right and good, and then recognizing that it's causing more stress. And just to to let people know who may not have seen, it, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But was that you were you were starting to try an incentive, provide an incentive for people to read the emails that you were sending out and making it a fun thing for them to do. So if they sent you an email with the word surprise in it, or if they came up to you and, and said um, surprise or something, then they would get a treat or something. And they took it as you were trying to manipulate them or trick them into 
reading the email and see who was doing their homework or not. Yeah. And, and that was, um, it, it was just great. So, so talk a little bit more about how you realized that and, and how you, I saw how you addressed the internet with it on your blog post, but how did you address that with your faculty too? Because that's a really key thing that people can learn. Um, it was a huge piece and I, I think it was a trust building piece too, but, um, what it was and what made me feel good was a teacher felt they could trust me to come in and have that conversation. I was totally doing it just to add some fun to it. Um, you know, it's, it's that time of year when people are starting to get a touch burnt out and stuff like that. And so, um, I want to make sure that we're, it's still fired up about our professional learning and stuff like that. And the, the blog posts, uh, the videos and the, uh, the graphics that I include in my weekly update that I send out my staff are purely personal growth. You know, when you get the chance, check these things out, reflect on them, things like that. I have no checkup system on them or anything like that. I just put them out there to share because um, I thought they were really good pieces mm-hmm. or they might be reflecting uh, or, or be uh, linked to something that we're kind of discussing and talking about right now in our, in our building. So anyway, yeah, I sure those out with staff, and I, I put some things in there that if you read this far in here, email me back with the word surprise, and I'll I, I put it on one of those uh, little chocolate rochers in their mailbox, um, just as a, a treat. And one of those, I, I hate to use the word incentive because that really wasn't it. It was just supposed right. to be kind of a fun thing. Um, and then the following week, I followed it up with uh, George Kuros had a great blog post that kind of dealt with something that we were. Uh, talking about in our building and, and a belief that I have too. And I wanted to make sure that I, I put something in this comment section there. And I just made a really vague note of uh, make sure you check out the comments of this blog post here. And in the comment section, I said, Hey, if, if you found this, come in and see me and I'll give you a, a coupon for a free scoop of ice cream out of the Culver's ice cream place. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I had a teacher come into me and she goes, you know, I worked and worked and I finally found it. And, uh, I was up all night trying to find that thing. And as she's saying that, it's clicking in my head right then. I'm like, oh, I created a monster here. Uh, And she said, you know, I just want you to know, I know you think you're doing this um, for something fun, but it feels like a checkup. It feels like a way for us to check in and say, are we doing our homework? And as soon as she said homework, I was like, ooh, ooh, that's not it at all. Um, This was never meant to be homework. I'm not a big, strong, huge believer in homework. And, uh, Right there, I was like, okay, I bombed. I made a mistake here. Uh, It was never meant to be that. I'm sorry. Uh, I will end this practice because I go, I put that out there just for you folks to have some resources. Instead of you having to run and dig for everything, I'm putting it out there for you. So it's right there. Um, Never meant it to be that. And and that, that was kind of the end of the conversation right there. But as I reflected on it more throughout that day, I was just like, that that really left a bad taste in my mouth. And so I went down and met with her after school and uh, just had a heart-to-heart with her that I never intended to go there. Uh, I do not want it to be that kind of thing. And I said, we won't do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told her what my intent was and everything like that. And she said she understood. But she was also, she was also that point in the year when teachers are feeling a little fried and we have multiple initiatives coming down at us right now. Yeah. And it was overwhelming to her. And I was just like, I don't want to be that. So thank you for bringing this to my attention. I didn't even think about that. And it was a time for me to step back and go, I, I forgot to walk in somebody else's shoes for a while and really think about all that I do. Well, when, as, as Covey likes to say, also seek first to understand, then to be understood. Yeah. Um, 
So that was a it was a good learning moment for me, and I had to choke it down and say mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Um, did you talk to the rest of your staff about that, or was it just that one teacher, or did you just uh, stop doing it? I sent it out actually in the next week's weekly update. I I sent a little a blurb out about that and said won't be going there again. It's never my intent. Um, and, I, and I've talked to a few of them face to face about it too. Um, uh, some of the building leaders, I wanted to make sure they understood and stuff like that. And they said, oh, I never saw it that way. And I go, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Some people <laughs> did. <laughs> and I'm not going there. So I'm pulling that out. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, I just I talked with some of the other folks, uh, sent out the blurb and the update, and it really hasn't been an issue since. So that was good. Um, That's good. I still try to make sure, because the first thing I thought was, I'm going to put a lot less in there. Because if they're feeling like it's homework. But I, I decided, no, I don't want to cut back on all the great resources and things I have. I don't care if they read them a month from now or right now or not. Um, I want to make sure that they have access to some great things that sometimes not every teacher is connected as I am. And so I, I still put all that stuff in there, but I let them know it's on your own time and your own pace. And I'm not going to remotely check if you looked into it or read it or not. Yeah. Um, one thing when I interviewed uh, Melinda Miller, who's a, a great principal in Missouri, she said that uh, she one one of her pieces of advice was don't stop pushing for you know more of whatever it is that you're passionate about just because people are feeling overwhelmed because there's always going to be somebody who's overwhelmed and you know there there are people who will love those weekly updates and there are people who will probably hate them and never want to read them and as long as as you're okay with that wide range of responses then then that's fine and sending that out and just helping people is is really is really awesome and really the right thing to do thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast please subscribe in itunes or stitcher and please feel free to give us a rating on stitcher radio or on itunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE.